Tennessee, Tennessee. We are in Tennessee for the heat wave today as the AFC South continues. D-Hop hopping on in, and we're hopping in to this fantasy preview. And the reason we can do that is because of the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We get all the we get all the stats there. Every stat you need on the card, and not for nothing, yesterday we had a little meeting, and uh, there might be some more stats coming on the card soon. A little preview. You know what I'm saying? Everything you need in one spot. And that's just one feature of the app, player cards. You could also get our content and every single stat you need to become your own expert. Forget what these guys are saying. Listen to yourself. Listen to your heart and back it up with stats. And the reason why we can give this to you for free is because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. For as little as $3 a month, you can support the show and get a ton of free extras, including access to the Discord, access to all the experts in Broto at any time. So you can ask any question. Anytime, start, sit, trade, anything. We're always talking in there. Um, we have uh, private consultations. We have leagues. We have an extra episode. The best part, patreon.com slash broadfantasy if you would like to support the show and get all those extras. But before that, listen to this episode, Tennessee Titans, baby. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. It's hot air. It's hot air. It's so hot and hot. So hot it's feeling hot in Tennessee all of a sudden uh, after they got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they are just, they are like a new team breathing new life because their offense could open up so much. And as I open up on youtube.com slash Brodo Fantasy, the screen into my compadres here, uh, the lead writer, director of content, the fantasy encyclopedia himself, Mr. Matt Ward. What's up, brother? And, of course, my brother, the man, the myth, the legend, the lead analyst, and even though I don't like to admit it, the best fantasy player, the best damn fantasy player around these parts. It's true. Metropolis. Yellow. Michael, yeah, I don't like to admit it either. Mike is by far the best, like, redraft player I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's hard being in every and best ball for that matter. I mean, I'm not I don't want to stroke his ego too much, but yeah, it's it's getting absurd how good Mike is with these seasonal drafts, man. Stop it. <laughs> and humble, look at this guy. Um, all right. So speaking of humbled, the Tennessee Titans are a team that if I was doing this research before DeAndre Hopkins. Um, this preview would have been extremely humbling to the Texans. I mean, the Titans. Now, I know that there is, you know, some stuff around DeAndre Hopkins. And the question is, how is he going to be used? What does he have left in the tank? And the only way to know that is looking at the offensive outlook for the team, the coaches, how they use people, because there is a new offensive coordinator. Same head coach, though, Mike Vrabel, year five as the Tennessee Titans head coach. During his first four seasons in Tennessee, he's had the Titans at a 43-27 and overall record. He got to the playoffs last year um, dis- despite a 7-10 record. Excuse me, he did not make the playoffs. That's my bad. Um, but he was 12-5 and the year prior. They made the playoffs that year. So, first you know, it's been up and down. Injuries. Big injuries last year. Uh, their new offensive coordinator is Tim Kelly. 
uh, first season as the offensive coordinator, his second season with the Titans overall, served last year as the Titans passing game coordinator, which the Titans passing game was pretty good, Ryan Tannehill when he was healthy. Prior to joining the, the Titans, Kelly spent the last eight seasons with the Houston Texans in a variety of coaching roles, including offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2021, tight ends coach, offensive line coach, and offensive quality control coach. Um, if, if you don't know what offensive quality control coach is, by the way, it's just like the guy that does everything that everyone else does at the same time. It's like the uh, like the attending physician at a, at a hospital. Uh, although in 2002, uh, 22, excuse me, it definitely could have gone better. Um, he does have an impressive resume uh, with the Texans last year. Davis Mills set a franchise record for rookie passing yards, uh, ranked second in the NFL among rookie passers with an 88.8 touchdown rating and led all NFL quarterbacks in red zone passer rating. That's not nothing. Uh, wide receiver Brandon Cook also set a career high with 90 receptions, despite the fact that he sat out a couple of games. Uh, in 2020, the Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson led the NFL in passing yards, yards per attempt, uh, second in passer rating, third in completion percentage. This is all under the tutelage of Kelly. So this guy has had some success, and he's going to need to turn the ship around because the Titans offense last year, 28th in points per game, fourth lowest in passing percentage uh, in 48.4%, fourth highest in rushing percentage riding the back. Of King Henry, their offensive addition uh, is uh, his, the big one is Andre Dillard. Now, Andre Dillard has been a uh, disappointment in Philly, uh, left tackle. If you didn't know, um, but he's taking the spot of a very important player, Tyler Lewan, who just uh, who just um, retired. So, let's see what happens there. Rookie Tajay Spears and rookie rookie Will Levis and Peter Skaronsky, running back, quarterback, offensive guard, respectively, uh, are their additions through the draft. Their, sub their subtractions, Nate Davis, the aforementioned Taylor Lewan, and Ben Jones. That's three players on the offensive line, center, guard, and tackle. So a little bit of a turnover on the offensive line, usually never a good sign. So with that being said, that's how the offense is set up, and the man that they are going to hand this offense to is Ryan Tannehill. Previously, again, to D-Hop, I would say that Ryan Tannehill – there's almost a guarantee he does not play the entire season because they drafted Will Levis. They have Malik Willis even. The two guys they drafted pretty highly in the last two drafts. And Tannehill's on the last year of his contract. He was hurt last season. They weren't really being a contender. I would say that there's no chance he finishes the season. Now they add D-Hop. This tells me two things. Number one, they're going to want to pass more. And number two, they're, they're going for it. They believe that they're a contender, especially in this weak division. So, Michael... How are you looking at the quarterback position um, for this team? Yeah, Tim, before I get into that, I'm going to um, PTI you real quick to pardon the interruption, the errors at the end of the show. I think you were talking about 2021, the uh, Brandon Cooks, 90 receptions and all that. Definitely not last year. And Davis Mills. Yeah, it was It was 2021. Oh, just want to correct the uh, the yeah, listeners. Was the, the hot Davis Mills. and Yeah, because that's Davis Mills' rookie season. Yeah, okay. but, for, but for Ryan Tannehill... Yeah, he's been a complete afterthought in 2023 drafts. He's a QB 32 on underdog ADP prior to the uh, DeAndre Hopkins acquisition and was undrafted in FFPC um, redraft leagues as well. Obviously, now after signing DeAndre Hopkins, everyone has gotten a little bit of a boost. Well, the quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins himself have gotten a little bit of a boost um, since then. But look, he had a very unproductive 2022 season, as we know. Um, they drafted Will, Will Levis in the second round. Tannehill played 12 games last season. He produced just one 20-point game the entire year. He didn't have a single game over two passing touchdowns and had just one game with more than 16 rushing yards. So even his legs were not what they uh, what they used to be. But 
we call him the true value king because for years he had the most efficient throw in the game. He was still pretty damn efficient, 7.8 yards per attempt, which was 7th in the league, and a 19th ranked true throw value despite ending 24th in points per game. So now Tanny's set to open the season as starting quarterback again. It tends to be a low passing offense with Derrick Henry there, a low volume passing offense with limited upside. But now with DeAndre Hopkins there and a sophomore Traylon Burks, maybe they open it up a little bit. Adding DeAndre Hopkins, he showed to still have juice last season with a couple hundred yard games upon his return from injury. But I'm not going to get into Nuke too much. I don't want to take that away from my, my boy, Matt. Um. But yeah, that's a lot better than Nick Westbrook-Akine and Kyle Phillips as a wide receiver too, obviously, um, when you're looking at him like that. I still think um, Ryan Tannehill in one QB leagues is likely to be, um, you know, at best a streamer. Like he's not going to be someone that you start every single week. But in Q2, in two QB leagues, excuse me, with last year, his true throw value, I think 19th, and now the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, I do think there's a little bit of upside there if you really wait or if you're trying to grab a bench piece in a super flex league or something of that sort. I, I still think Tannehill has a little bit of a gas left in the tank, and I disagree with Tim. I don't I don't think Will Levis takes over if the Titans are winning. I think it's going to be completely reliant on uh, on if the Titans are winning. They signed DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year deal. Like They're not doing that unless they're trying to win. They still have Derrick Henry. As long as they're winning or in the playoff hunt, I think Tannehill's going to continue to operate as the QB of this team. I just want to clarify. I said that I'm saying the same thing as you. I said before D-Hop, I would say no chance Ryan Tannehill finishes the season. Now with D-Hop, I think they're going for it. So I I would say there's even – now there's – I'm more confident that Tannehill's going to finish the season now than I have been in gotcha. a while. So let's not – let's stop yeah. bearing the lead. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, he joins this team. Last year – he missed a few games because of the PED suspension, but came back and was pretty effective in a very low-powered offense in uh, with the Cardinals, but made his presence felt uh, as soon as he got there. He wasted no time becoming Kyler Murray's number one uh, most targeted wide receiver. 31 years old, got his bag. This is a weak division. Matt, what do you see for DeAndre Hopkins here? Um, take it away. Yeah, I mean, D Hop really did like step right in. And but before that, I want to mention like he was dealing with pretty bad injuries the season before. Didn't finish a full season as well. Um, but like two year contract with the Titans. That obviously, as we said, I'll say it again. That signifies to me that they're definitely gonna they're pushing the chips in. And I want to mention that like the Titans are one year removed from being the number one seed in the AFC set, um, the AFC winning the AFC South. Um, and obviously, a bunch of injuries kind of derailed that season both on both sides of the ball now nukes coming off an injury riddled season in 2021 a suspension season in 2022 he played 10 games in 2021 nine games in 2022 but last season when active and healthy uh, obviously was dealing with a bit of injuries last season as well he was an elite fantasy asset and inarguably the cardinals best offensive weapon marquise brown was hurt rondale moore was hurt zach Ertz, kyler murray all of them faced injuries right and it was james connor and nuke was eating Week 7, 20.3 wide receiver 8 finish, followed it up with 33.9 wide receiver 2 finish. And Week 7 and 8 uh, earned 13 and 14 targets in both of those contests. Had a bit of a down game the following week when he was locked up by uh, Tariq Woolen, the Seahawks rookie. But he still found the back of the end zone that game, finished with 13.6 points, wide receiver 21, and then 19.8, 18.1, 18.7, 12.9, and 13.0 points to close out the season. 
posted double digit targets and double digit fantasy points in seven of nine games, 29.4% target share. That was wide receiver four, 29.6% target rate. That was wide receiver eight, 43 and a half percent air yards, which, which ranked second amongst all wide receivers, despite him missing eight games. And if you look at his reception perception profile, shout out to Matt Harmon. I always love giving Matt Harmon a, a little nod when I'm doing wide receiver work, but Hopkins success rates were career lows all across the board in Arizona last year. Career lows have major regression on slants and posts and straight go routes. But the positive note to that is DeAndre Hopkins regressing is still 80th percentile success rates. Like in 31 isn't a death knell for wide receivers. Like we feel good about guys like Keenan Allen. We feel good about guys like Devonte Adams. We feel good about, you know, we feel good about these receivers because they've proven that despite their age year after year, they are perennial target share earners. And even with a little bit regression, they're still top 24 wide receivers. So DeAndre Hopkins did have that one catch four yard performance to close out the season. That game's meaningless. 10 targets. That was an interesting one to watch. Matt, yeah. I've, I've heard almost consensus around what I've been seeing, which is kind of mind-boggling to me, but we'll get there, that this is a bad thing for Chiggy and a bad thing for Traylon Burks and yeah. a bad thing for Kyle Phillips, but we'll, okay, okay, we'll, we'll say that. I am of the complete opposite school here. I think that a better offense means more opportunities, uh, a, an alpha receiver on the other side of a guy who did not look dominant last year in Traylon Burks will help him get opportunities when needed, and it'll take away coverage from him. Now, is the ceiling slightly lower? I guess you can make a case for that, but I think this is a good thing for Traylon Burks. I think this is a good thing for Chiggy. I think this is a good thing for Derrick Henry. How are you feeling about uh, Traylon Burks and the rest of this wide receiver crew? Yeah, I mean, Nick Westbrook-Akina is, like, obviously dead. Like, he's he's the guy out for anybody that thought there was any upside there in the first place. Like, 27 years old, never had more than 40 receptions in a single season. He's definitely, like, m- not going to be anything relevant in any week, in my opinion. Traylon Burke's obviously the name that we need to look at. And he showed flashes last season, but was ultimately ineffective. Uh, played 11 games admits conditioning and injury issues. Like, conditioning issues is what kept Traylon Burks out. He wasn't in shape. points per game, which was wide receiver 56 when he was healthy. 54 targets. He caught 33 passes for 444 yards, 13.5 yards per reception, one touchdown. And like that is, there's not really, I know that a lot of people want to use like the splits and look at the yards per route, but it's not like he has very impressive split analytics either. And and I I don't really use splits, but I'll, I'll break them down a little bit. Like it would be disingenuous to give all of his counting stats, like that's how his season went because of the games he missed. But a 17.6% target share was wide receiver 45, 70.7% route participation was wide receiver 72, 32nd in yards per route run, 44th in yards per target, 32nd in yards per reception, 44th in yards per team pass attempt, 31st in fantasy points per route, 48th in fantasy points per target. Like what are, what do we like about Traylon Burks anyway? It was the size that we saw in Arkansas and then the the athleticism that he was touted with. And then he flops at the combine, doesn't come in healthy or in shape in his rookie season and posts up pretty mediocre numbers when he is there. I do think it really lowers the ceiling, but I also think from the narrative perspective that adding a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, obviously Traylon Burks isn't going to see doubles anymore. 
D-Hop's going to see doubles. Having a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in the locker room where Traylon Burks was probably the leader of that wide receiver room, like, for, you know, obviously Robert Woods, but from a standpoint of like, this is our guy moving forward, we traded A.J. Brown for him, obviously had some hype there. So not having a mentor like D-Hop in that locker room before, I obviously think it's going to do a great service to Traylon Burks now. So would you take a shot on Traylon Burks or are you letting him ride ride the waiver wave? Well, I, th- I think now his ADP is going to f- probably fall off to where you might pick him up off waivers. He's still a, a flyer for me, though. Like, I still think Traylon Burks can finish in the top, I'd say, 40 wide receivers. All right. So someone who's definitely going to finish in the top 40 of his position is Derrick Henry. So let's move on to these running backs. So. Look, I think the question for Derrick Henry, like at this point, you need to know who you're dealing with. You're dealing with an elite NFL talent, an elite NFL player. I think an undoubted future Hall of Famer in Derrick Henry. The question is, and has been asked for the last two seasons, will father time finally catch up to him? Um, His rushing stats did take a small decrease last year uh, compared to previous incredible seasons. And he had a injury plague 2021. So, when you look at that, uh, you know, you could be a little nervous, but he added pass catching to his resume last year, something that we did not see at all previously. And that has to give you I- incredible upside because this guy touched the ball 382 times last season. This team is going to lean on him again. They consider themselves contenders. Mike Rabel defenses always play teams tough, always. So, is he going to touch the ball 400 times maybe? Yes. And right now in his uh, ECR, he is running back eight. He's going amongst guys like Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, um, Ramondre Stevenson, Nick Chubb. If you believe in him more than uh, around those guys, I mean, this is the first time in your life you'll probably be able to get Derrick Henry in the second round. Uh, maybe someone reaches for him, but wide receivers in the first round has been very popular this year. If you can get Derrick Henry in the second round, I'm leaving that draft and I am doing jumping jacks. I'm excited. Um, so that's where you're getting him right now. I think he's a steal there. And you just have to hope that, you know, father time does not catch up with him again this year, just like it hasn't caught up with him in over the past few years. So, I mean, it's very straightforward, Derek Henry. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm not telling you anything that we already don't know. Uh, someone that we definitely don't know about, though, is the tight end. And I've been calling him Chiggy because I don't even want to uh, I don't even want to attempt the name. Chigosium. What? Chigosium. Chigosium. See, I can't. Just, I mean, look, Chigosium. Me and you, I'm just going to call you Chiggy if you're okay with that. If you're not okay with that, let me Chig. know. Send an email. Uh, FF app at brodofantasy.com. Uh, no, his, with that, his Twitter handles like Chig82 or whatever. There you go. The number is, so, yeah, yeah. Getting Chiggy with it. So, Michael, are you getting Chiggy with it this year in drafts? Dude, Chig Aconquo drafters got absolutely bailed out by the DeAndre Hopkins signing. I'm so, so I'm so mad that they got bailed out. He had a tight end 11 ADP on underdog and yeah, tight end 11 ADP on FFPC prior to the Hopkins signing. He's already dropping down um, a couple rounds in those drafts. And dude, look, I understand the hype around the 6'2", super athletic, young tight end entering year two, but it's gone way overboard. This guy never played more than 53% of the snaps last season. He topped 50% just twice. He ran more than 16 routes one time the entire season. 
starting week 12, when he got more involved in the offense, he saw five targets, five, six, and five over the next four games. He closed out the fantasy season with two targets and four targets. He had one game all season with more than four receptions. He had three games the entire year over 10 fantasy points. Like, I understand the upside. Austin Hooper's gone. The wide receiver room was trash before DeAndre Hopkins got in there. And, oh, who's going to catch passes? Blah, blah, blah. But we hear that every year. We heard that last year about Austin Hooper. We heard that about Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon. Like, just trying to give these vacated targets to an up-and-comer just because doesn't work. And out sure, he's in a decent spot. He's going to get more snaps. He's going to be more involved in the offense. But it's still going to be a highly questionable run-first offense. And now DeAndre Hopkins is going to command a huge target share there. So how many targets is a Conquo really going to see? I I expect him to be one of those guys who were added and dropped throughout the year. But dude, at tight end 11, it was like he was going ahead of Dalton Schultz, Greg Dolchik, around David Njoku. It was just blasphemous. And now they got bailed out because he's going to fall in ADP quite a bit. I'm still not going to be targeting him. I just let someone else chase the upside on a guy who uh, who I don't think is going to be a trustworthy asset this year. Definitely counter narratives to the narratives that you hear out there in the interwebs um, about some of the guys during this. Like, look, I'm not we're not afraid to to tell you how it is. Some people, they just kind of like coast on their algorithms or whatever like we're just going to tell you what's up and it's true some some experts they i hear them say like i have an algorithm that tells me this person is going to do this and then i just make my rankings around that it's like i I respect you have an algorithm that you probably put a lot of work into but you know there's we're going to tell you what's real and like and what's not and i think that michael just i think michael just like put it really put like a, a nice doused my flames about Chiggy. Like, I was one of those guys who was like, yeah, you know, second-year guy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little scary now. Um, Matt, the dynasty people want to know because you are the dynasty Don yourself. Who is the guy in this team that you are stashing on your dynasty teams? Prior to the D-Hop signing, I thought there might have been a little bit of slot work for Kyle Phillips, but Tim kind of set me up perfectly. It's Taji Spears, and part of the reason why he's a stash, although he'll, he'll be pretty heavily rostered, obviously, as rookie drafts finish up, but I don't think you're going to see anything from Taji at all until Father Time catches up with Derrick Henry. And it's kind of one of those scenarios as well with, you know, very similar to Derrick Henry's start of his career where he was stuck behind an aging DeMarco Murray. Now, I do think, obviously, Henry is much more talented, and because of those early years has a little bit more career longevity, potentially. DeMarco um, was because, nice, man. Don't sleep on DeMarco Murray. Yeah, when he was with the Cowboys. And and for one year with the Titans. Yeah, but it, still, like, a, a very you, much a similar scenario. The weird thing about Taji, obviously, is the, the knee injuries and the supposed lack of cartilage that he has in them. Um, but the Titans knew about that. They gave him his medicals. And, like, he was uber productive uber productive at Tulane and he has a really high you know or decent draft capital but really high um 
NFL scouting grades, like will eventually be a good starter. Um, 82 at next gen scouting rank, obviously a third round pick. So like doesn't fall to that fourth round range, which where you're getting more into that Michael Carter prospect range of outcomes. But last year at Tulane, 229 rush attempts, 1,581 yards, he got into the end zone 21 times on the ground, 22 receptions, two receiving touchdowns, 256 receiving yards. And Tulane didn't really pass the ball at all. So a pretty high market share, actually. Taji's a good football player, and he's exactly what Dontrell Hillard was and all of these guys that whenever Henry isn't there randomly have these 21 point breakouts and just small games. But I think obviously with the draft capital invested into him, Taji's going to stick around a little longer than those guys did. Michael, that's one of your worst uh, jokes ever. <laughs> let me let me end. One lane, I drive in two lane. Let me uh, ask. That's like a ludicrous uh, bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Luda. let me let me end this episode with one little thing. If you go on the Fantasy Football Barbrodo app, you can get game logs all the way back to the year 2015. And just so you guys know, in 2016, Demarco Murray with the Tennessee Titans finished RB five. And that season ha- only had one game outside of the top 18 running backs and finished as a RB1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 times. All right. Come on the DeMarco the Murray hunt. That's right. That, was actually, Just in that case. sounds like a pretty damn good season, actually. Yeah, it, it actually is only time that he, he did not finish uh, as RB18, 19 or better was championship week where he was RB44, where he Crutch. scored. He only, hold on, 14 rushes for 42 yards and two receptions for 18 yards. Probably breaking the hearts. There's, there's probably some people listening to this right now being like, I just I got over this. Like, dude, <laughs> I just got over this. Uh, with that being said, uh, if that's you, let us know. Uh, at Broto Fantasy, at Broto FF Tim, at Broto FF Mike, at Psychward FF on the Twitter sphere, um, and on Instagram and threads and all that kind of stuff. Uh, although, like, I'm not going to lie, this is where you can find us. And on the Discord, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Um, yeah, go download the app, uh, fantasy.com. We are coming back to you, continuing the AFC South next week. I mean, I keep doing that. It's tomorrow. See you. Stupid tomorrow. ass. Later. <laughs>